Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Feisty, fearless and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And welcome to the second hour of the Rita Cosby Show on this Christmas Day Eve. Well, last week... A record high 12,600 illegal migrants crossed our southern border in a single day. That's the biggest number in U.S. history. So when will the Biden White House do something to secure our wide open southern border? Well, joining us now to talk about all of this is the former acting commissioner of Customs and Border Protection, Mark Morgan. Mark, great to have you. And first of all, Merry Christmas. It's wonderful to have you on this day. Rita, thank you. Merry Christmas to you and your family as well. Thank you so much for having me on. You know, you know the border so well and all the complexities of what's happening. And, you know, I tell everybody on this holiday, I really am just praying for peace. I'm so worried of what is happening, especially on our southern border. You know all too well. When you hear this number, 12,000 crossing 12,600 in a single day. I mean, there was a time where Jay Johnson, who was the former Secretary of Homeland Security under Obama, uh, was saying, gosh, if we have two or 3,000 a day, that's really bad. Here we are, 12,000, and it's like 10,000 seems to be an average every day. This is a huge issue. Yeah, I tell you, what, what it should represent to everybody right now is that there's no peace at our border. It's complete chaos and lawlessness. And you're, you're spot on, Rita. Uh, Secretary of Homeland Security, Jay Johnson, uh, under the Obama administration, which who was the vice president, then Vice President Biden, he actually said a thousand a day was a bad day. I was chief of the Border Patrol then. I worked for him. And he would go on to say that three to four thousand a day actually was catastrophic. It was literally broken arrow, meaning it overwhelmed uh, our, our, our system. And as you said, we're at 12,000 this past Monday. But since then, we've had two more days of over 12,000. And you nailed it. The 21-day average right now just hit over 10,000. And to put it even more perspective for those listening, remember, the first year under President Biden, he set an all-time record for total nationwide encounters of over 1.9 million. That was the highest ever, ever on record. And then in FY22, he broke that with 2.7. And then in FY23, he broke that with 3.2. And he is now on pace to even break last year's record with over 3 million uh, on pace of total nationwide encounters. Rita, this is unsustainable. There is no country on the face of the planet, including America, that can sustain this. You know, it's interesting. I have a lot of friends also overseas. And I had a conversation with a friend recently from a country in Europe. 
And he said to me, what the heck is going on with your country? He's like, you know, we're watching your border and we are so worried for you. And we used to look at America as, boy, sort of the beacon of security and military might. Um, the world is watching and saying, shaking their heads, going, what is this American president doing to America? That's exactly right. Think about that. And I, this is what I'm saying. You and I have talked about this for a while. You don't have to be a border security expert to understand. In the past 35 months, we've had we've had over 8 million total nationwide encounters. We've had over 1.7 million known Godaways, those that have come to our border illegally entered and evaded apprehension. And why is that happening? Because the, the, the vast majority of Border Patrol resources – they're not on the front line. They're not doing any enforcement or national security work. They're back in facilities processing and releasing millions of illegal aliens. That's it, Rita. We have nobody on the front lines of our nation's border to protect or defend them. And this is why I get so mad, because they want the open border advocates and Democrats, they want us to believe that immigration is the same as illegal immigration. They're not. And they and they want us to believe that illegal immigration has no downside. That's a lie. Again, as we've got these invasion-level numbers, there's no border patrol agents on the front line. We've literally handed operational control over to the cartels, and they exploit it. And how do they do it? They push drugs, criminals, and national security threats across our wide-open southwest border every single day while border patrol agents are processing illegal aliens. You know, I was reading recently, Mark Morgan, that the Bureau of Prisons is using some of their staff and some of them are doing it even remotely just to help the border agents. I mean, what does that say to you? It, it, it tells me that we have complete chaos and lawlessness at our border. And that's just a microcosm, Rita. We're having resources pulled away all over, not just on our border, but Bureau of Prisons. And don't forget, we also have resources on the northern border, Border Patrol and CBP officers. They're being pulled off of the northern border to, to be physically deployed to the southern border, as well as pulled off the northern border to virtually help process those in the southern border. Read it. This is a disaster. And again, anybody listening, if I could give a quick analogy real quick. So you and I, we, we, go, we go grocery shopping. Right. And, and you go, you fill your cart full of groceries, you go to the checkout line, you pay, and you go to the parking lot. I go in, I fill my a, a grocery cart with groceries, except I run out, I don't pay. I go in the, the, the parking lot and somebody asks us what you and I just did. And we both say we went grocery shopping. Right. No, you went grocery shopping. I committed a crime that has a multitude of downstream effects. That is illegal immigration. That's not immigration, and it's not a victimless crime. Again, it pulls the resources off, operation control goes to cartels, so criminals, drugs, and national security threats can pour across the border. It's about time. This is not about the need for comprehensive immigration reform. That's not what's happening. What's happening is about border security, which is synonymous with national security. And right now, it's up to Congress to pass meaningful border security legislation, and I'm not sure I have faith in Republicans to do what needs to be done. Yeah, let's talk about that, because there were even some talks about some deals. Well, maybe, you know what, there'll be some crossing the border. Maybe we can limit it to three or 2,000 or even 5,000 a day. I mean, should there be any bargaining when it comes to our national security, Mark Morgan? That is, I, I tell you what, I, if I have some purse right now, I'd give you a big hug because, look, that is the question. You can give that's me a hug question. anyway, Mark Morgan, because I love you. But anyway. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. So, so, look, that's the question. When, when, I, I understand in this country 
that, that there's a lot of things that, that we have to compromise on, right? And, and that's, that's the essence of, of what capital is supposed to be on. But Rita, compromising on our border security? No, that, that, that's, that's something that there is no compromise. Here's my question to my, to my you know, conservative colleagues. Tell me wh- where the compromise number is for drugs coming across our wide open southwest border killing Americans. What's that compromise number? What's the compromise number on the number of murderers, rapists, pedophiles, aggravated and felons, and gang members among the 1.87 million known Godaways? What's the compromise number on the number of, of terrorists or, or, or special interest aliens that come from countries that we know sponsor, harbor, and facilitate terrorism? Rita, it's absurd. There is no compromise to border security. But here's the issue. Democrats have done a really good job. They're making it about immigration. Because if you're against what's happening on our border, then you're against immigration. And if you're against immigration, you're a racist. And when it comes to immigration policy, there is compromise. That's not what this is about. This is about border security. And right now, H.R. 2. It's the strongest piece of border security legislation that's ever been passed by a single chamber of the United States Congress. And right now we have we have Republican senators that are negotiating against themselves to water down a bill that they voted for as the roadmap to secure our border. There was a woman who was, you know, taken into custody. They were processing her and said, "Okay, come back to court. Her actual court date that it said for her to come back. And this is a stunning amount. Her court date was in 2031. It was like 7 a.m., whatever day of the week on Wednesday, can you appear in 2031? Uh, last time I checked, this is 2023. It's about to be 2024. Uh, but we're talking at least uh, seven plus years away. Yep. That is incredible. And, and, and Rita, think about this. It, it, this is, again, I go back to where you don't have to be a border security expert. Just common sense. Step back. Think about that. They're, they're incentivizing, encouraging, and rewarding illegal aliens to come to our borders from 180 different countries. And then with no vetting, that's another lie, with no vetting, the mandate is to process and release them into the interior United States as fast as possible with court dates six, seven, eight years down the road. Think of, that's why we say that this isn't done by incompetence. This is intentional because what does that mean? If you have a court date five, six, seven years down the road, Rita, that's de facto amnesty, right? Because we both know even the Republicans won't have the political will. After somebody's been in the country for six, seven years, uh, possibly they've had a a kid while they're here, a quote, they pay taxes for six years. Now, no one, not even the Republicans, will have actually the political will, strength, or courage to enforce the law and deport them, even if they've been ordered removed by a judge. So make no mistake, this administration knows exactly what they're doing. This is de facto amnesty because they believe every single illegal alien they find a pathway to citizenship is going to quit to a Democratic vote. This is all by design, Rita. What do you think is the design, Mark? I mean, do you think it is, again, like you just said, at some point they're going to say, well, you know, we can't get rid of the people here. It is going to have to be blanket amnesty. Are we suddenly going to see these millions upon millions, many that we just have no clue about? Uh, and here's the deal. Maybe we'll seal the border, but everybody here stays. That's exactly right. There's already being talked right now from Republicans with DACA, right? And, and, and here's the thing. And you said something very important, Rita. So I love talking to you because you know this issue. We, we, we had amnesty back in 1986 with, with uh, Ronald Reagan. 
and it failed. And what was the biggest reason why it failed? Because they didn't do and, and, and fulfill the agreement. The agreement was we're going to trade amnesty, which is ridiculous to me, for border security. I, I don't know why, we're again, even in 86, we're making a deal. But guess what they didn't do? They didn't secure the border. Right. And so it, it, it's, it's incredible to me that we're still going to repeat the mistakes of past of our history. And they're talking about some form of amnesty when our border is wide open. Now, look, for me, from a law enforcement perspective, my mindset is I, I can never understand why we're going to reward somebody that, that, that committed a crime. And simply because they got away with it, we're going to somehow reward them. That, that, that's another issue. But here's what I do know. Is there, there should be no talk politically or otherwise about any amnesty or, or what to do if people have been here illegally for 20 years until, like you said, we lock down the border. We have to stop the bleeding first, because if we give another round of amnesty without securing our border, guess what's going to happen? We're just going to have them keep on coming because they think they're going to be the next round of recipients of amnesty. Guess what? They'll be right. Yeah, wow, that is stunning. I agree. They're going to hear uh, the track record and say, wow, it's okay. Uh, Mark Morgan, stay with us. We're going to have much more with you about our wide open borders right after the break. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And everybody, we are back here on the Rita Cosby Show on this Christmas Day Eve. We are talking with Mark Morgan, the former acting commissioner of Customs and Border Protection, also a military guy, uh, also a great law enforcement guy uh, for many, many years, and someone who clearly loves this country. You know, uh, Mark, you brought up about uh, the people that are here. Um, what do you think? You know, we're hearing on the political campaign trail, we've heard this from Nikki Haley and others, saying that they would deport the people that are here illegally, which could mean a lot of people. Is that a solution? Is that even a realistic solution? Or is that just political talk? Uh, because, boy, would that be difficult to first track down where they are? It would be difficult, but last time I checked, Rita, I know you, you're with me on this. United States is the greatest country on the face of the planet, and we could do difficult, right? And here's what's important. When you have Nikki Haley and, and President Trump just saying this, all the frontrunners are all saying the same thing, and they're right. Here's what's important. It's not enough just to secure our physical borders. Right. Because if we don't actually increase our interior enforcement and actually remove and deport those who have remained here illegally in defiance of the rule of law, guess what message we're sending? We're sending the message. We're going to continue to send a message to the entire world that, you know what, we're not really serious. All this stuff that you see going on at our physical border, it doesn't really matter because if you can get by that somehow, right, if you can defeat it and it's never going to be perfect, as, if, as long as you get into the United States, then guess what? You're going to be able to stay. So we're going to tell the whole world that we're only halfway there, 
right? And so to have a complete picture, to actually be able to stop illegal immigration, to de-incentivize it 100%, you have to secure our physical borders, and you actually have to enforce the law in the interior. And I get to ask this question a lot. Well, like you said, there's millions of illegal aliens here. How do you possibly do that? Here's my answer, one at a time, right? And I know, look, I know that sounds a little flip, but it's not. We, we, we have to do it. We can't just step back and say, well, there's too many. So, guys, let's just give up. And here's what I would say is it's going to have to be a whole of government approach. We're going to have to de- uh, dedicate a tremendous amount of resources across multiple departments and agencies to actually get it done. We'll focus on those that are here illegally that have committed uh, additional crimes and start working our way down. But we can do this. And the last thing I'll say, though, we have to secure our physical borders. We have to in- in- increase interior enforcement, remove those that are here illegally and we have to go after and defeat the cartels. Those three things have to be done. You know, uh, I saw recently that we have, what, two million people on the terror watch list now. Um, I mean, that is uh, how do you keep track of that all? Yeah, read it. You can't. Right. What's that old saying that, that you know, if, if uh, everything's a crisis and a priority, then nothing is. I, I mean, that, that's really what when you have two million we, there's not enough resources. The FBI just does physically does not have enough resources to be able to actually monitor and evaluate and track all of that. I mean, I, I cannot believe that. There, there's got to be kind of a, a, a look at that, at that system to make it more manageable. Um, and and let's, let's keep in mind, the past 35 months, this administration has, has allowed in countless I mean, they've apprehended in the past 35 months, they've apprehended, again, illegal aliens from 180 different countries. Many of those countries we call special interest countries because we know they sponsor, harbor, and facilitate terrorism. And those aliens that come from those countries, we call them special interest aliens. Rita, they've apprehended tens of thousands of special interest aliens, right? Lebanon, Syria, uh, 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 Iraq, Afghanistan. We, We could go on and on. For the past 35 months, we've also in, uh, encountered, this is how many we've apprehended. I think now it's, it's close to 300 illegal aliens at Border Toll on the southwest border have apprehended on the FBI's terror screening database. Now, that's what we've apprehended. Now, let's go back to the one point, almost 1.8 million known cutaways. So people ask me all the time, Mark, so, well, gosh, with all this they're apprehended, I mean, it's only a matter of time that, that the, the threat's going to come to our border. And I said, no. And they're like, what do you mean no? And I said, it's not if or when they come. They're already here. I mean, the threat is already here. We literally could have a sleeper cell in the United States planning the next terrorist attack that came in from our wide open southwest border, and we would have no idea, Rita. That's the truth. Yeah. How worried are you that that could happen soon? And just as you talked about, especially given all the dynamics that are going on in the world right now. Yeah, I, I tell you, Rhea, I'll, I'll use a line from the director of the FBI during his last congressional testimony. Quote, he says he sees a blinking red lights all day long, every day. He says that the terrorist threat that we face right now is the highest that he's seen it. And, and the FBI, as well as DHS and CBP uh, intelligence um, um, entity in San Diego, have all said, I encourage all your listeners to look it up. This isn't me. This is old intelligence assessment saying that the southwest border is absolutely a national security threat, that they're all concerned that terrorist organizations could exploit the wide open southwest border to introduce terrorists into this country. Rita, we just, uh, let's go back to what we started. What, why are we talking about a compromise? 
What I mean, literally, since 9-11, 22 years later, I believe we're more vulnerable now than we were then when it comes to the southwest border. Now, look, we've made tremendous strides. We, we've increased our intelligence. We've increased our response. We've increased our ability to prevent and, and, and detect before something happens. We've really shut down our, our, our airways. That's all positive. But if you look at our border, we've gone backwards in 22 years. We're less secure on our southern border than we were before 9-11, in my opinion. That is really chilling. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, And by the way, when we come back, I want to talk with you, Mark, about the new Texas law, because that's really interesting. Texas taking the matters into its own hands. Uh, Mark, stay with us. We're going to have much more with Mark Morgan right after the break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we get to honor our great veterans and, of course, their families. A great story coming from Green Bay, Wisconsin, home of the Packers, and my buddy Sterling Sharp from Green Bay there. And this story is the 2023 Northeast Wisconsin Veteran of the Year Award, and it was presented to Army veteran John Gillespie, who is a distinguished veteran from Wisconsin. The announcement came from Congressman Mike Gallagher during a ceremony at the American Legion Post in Appleton, Wisconsin. The retired captain was recognized for his remarkable military career, his exemplary service, his dedication, excellence, and significant contributions to the community, which includes co-founding Rawhide Boys Ranch and also creating a faith-based assistance program helping veterans. Now, the Rawhide Boys Ranch is a project that he initiated with the assistance of former Packers star quarterback, Bart Starr. And it now serves more than 750 at-risk youth in Wisconsin, leaving a lasting impact on the community. However, the veteran, John Gillespie, said what he's most proud of came along after his military service, and he shared a personal story, saying, quote, we adopted a veteran who became a foster son of ours. He passed away about a year, about a year ago, leaving an estate to a charity I set up called the 1776 American Dream. So, wow, what an incredible veteran, what a great human being, and how beautiful that he is the focus of our Support Our Heroes segment tonight on this Christmas Day Eve. 
and everybody. We are talking about the dangers of our borders, our wide open borders. We continue now with Mark Morgan, the former acting commissioner of Customs and Border Protection. And Mark, uh, we just saw Governor Abbott of Texas take the law into his own hand, saying enough. We're going to make it a state law if you cross the border illegally into Texas. Uh, first, your reaction to the governor doing this. Look, this is what I've said for the past uh, three years. Governor Abbott is my hero. Right? <laughs> I think he's a lot of people's hero tonight. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I agree. Look, he he is doing what the federal government refuses to do. He is look article. I, I really encourage people. It'll take them just a couple of minutes. Article four, section four of the Constitution. It's a very clear. It's not if or if they feel like it. The federal government. It, they have the responsibility per the Constitution to protect it, all states from threats outside its border. When you see the chaos and lawlessness going on right now on our borders, clearly they've abdicated that constitutional responsibility. They refuse to enforce the law. They, they, they intentionally unsecured the most secure border we have, and they've jeopardized every aspect of our nation's safety, health, and national security. And Governor Abbott, He's been since day one. He's been stepping up and trying to fill the void that's been left by the federal government through Operation Lone Star. SB4, hear what it does in a nutshell. It provides a strategy of deterrence. And how does he do that? Through those that are illegal aliens, uh, illegal entering now, as you said, it's now a state crime. So he can detain, prosecute, and as a part of that, remove those that have illegally entered the, 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 the state of Texas. This potentially is a game changer. Like I said, not only is it going to act as a deterrence, but here I think what's going to be even more important than the substantive part of the law is that I say it's going to result in a constitutional showdown, one that we've needed for the past three years. Again, Article 4, Section 4, but what's another constitutional article is Article 1, Section 10. It's called the self-help remedy. So when a federal government refuses to do their constitutional responsibility, the states can avail themselves of Article 1, Section 10, and they can do whatever they need to do under that constitutional authority to protect their state. I think that's what's going to happen. It's going to go to the Supreme Court, and I believe Governor Abbott's going to be on the right side of this. Oh, you think so? So you think uh, that's interesting, Mark, because you think if it goes to the high court, they're going to say what? Because it's the federal responsibility to uh, to protect the border, but they're not doing it. And therefore, obviously, Texas has to protect its border. You, you believe uh, that they'll say it's Texas primary responsibility. Yep, I think that's it in a nutshell. You just said you you said it better. I, I think sometimes I use too much technical stuff, but that's exactly right. That's the bottom line, Rita. The Constitution is very clear. It's the federal uh, 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 federal government's responsibility to protect the states of threats from outside. When they fail to do that, then the states can step up under the Constitution and they can defend and protect themselves. That's exactly what Governor Abbott is doing. Why isn't this administration doing more? I mean, we obviously know we talked about sort of maybe the goal is this amnesty and get more voters eventually. But it is stunning uh, as you talk about just the unbelievable effects. I mean, you look at different cities uh, in New York where we are here. um, Boy, uh, it is killing New York Uh, tax wise. It's uh, stretched to the rim with all the migrant shelters. There's so much and fentanyl, 100,000 Americans a year, Mark. Yep. Yeah. So and that's why. I'm so first with Eric Adams. The guy's a joke. He's a disgrace, Rita. I mean, he, he, I mean, when you look up the word hypocrisy in the dictionary, it's got his picture right next to it. I mean, he, he calls that while at the same time, he says that, that this is going to destroy New York City. Then he calls Governor Abbott a madman. 
because Governor Abbott is, is busing a few thousand illegal aliens uh, to New York. A couple of things on that. One, every single illegal alien that Governor Abbott sends to New York wanted to go to New York, signed a waiver saying they wanted to, to go to New York. Because why? Because New York City is a sanctuary city, and they treat an illegal alien just like they're a United States citizen. They put them up in hotels. They give them free food. They give them free education. They give them free health care. I could go on and on and on. So, so Merrick Adams is a dishonest man. He is not being honest. And the other thing that he does do. He talks about this again in terms of immigration. And it's not. I, what, what, what New York residents need to do is everywhere where you see illegal aliens, picture yourself fentanyl that's in New York City as well. Picture criminals that are in New York City. And oh yeah, picture, even though Mayor Adams said something stupid about how New York City is such a great place because it's a, a, a terrorism target. That, that blew my mind. But also think that you could have terrorists in New York City all as a result of illegal immigration and this administration's open border policy. He never says that. And the last thing I'll say, all he does is he doesn't blame this administration for their policies. He just asks for more U.S. federal tax dollars to manage the crisis after it's already here. Yeah. And and now, uh, as you heard, even Chicago is also doing the same thing. I mean, there's they're complaining about it. But yet both of them said, hey, come one, come all. They put a big neon sign up. And now they're just like you said, they're angry at Texas, not only for busing people, but also now flying people in, at least to Chicago. Yep. And, and keep in mind, same thing. Everybody that got on a plane wanted to go to, to, to Chicago. I mean, if you see uh, reporters like Bill Malusian that are down there, he's interviewing them right as they illegally cross, and he'll get in a, a crowd of them and say, where are you going? Oh, I want to go to Los Angeles. Where do you want to go? Chicago, D.C., New York. I mean, I mean they, they come across already because they already have friends and family there, or they heard that these cities are going to give them free everything. So, so please tell me, how, how is this Governor Abbott the madman? The reason why this is happening is because this administration's open border policy. Oh, yeah. And the last thing I'll say, as, as, as Governor Abbott has maybe shipped uh, uh, maybe 10, 20,000, guess what the Biden administration? They've shipped millions to these cities, but they never mentioned that, right? I mean, the past 35 months, this administration has given hundreds of millions of dollars to NGOs, non-governmental organizations, who actually then take that money and they actually give bus and plane tickets to the illegal aliens to these same cities. And they've been doing that for the past three years. But when is the last time you heard Mayor Adams or the Chicago mayor mention the fact that the Biden administration has shipped hundreds of thousands, if not millions, to these cities? Yeah. When do you think they'll start talking about that? Because you're right. Uh, they don't just suddenly magically appear. And also, guess what? Just as you said, they're hearing the the telegraph sign, hey, come on in, come one, come yep. all. Um, it's not like they're magically appearing and they're hearing in New York. They're getting the hotel rooms. Uh, they're getting the free food. They're getting the free this, free that. Uh, I don't blame them. I'd come if I heard all this free stuff. Um, you know, who would say, you know, it's like saying, I always use this analogy, Mark Morgan. It's like saying they're going to have a party and then they go, God, why did everybody show up? We offered free drink, free food, free hotel, free this. Who's not going to take that? Yeah, and you put the flyers to your party all over the entire world and you wonder why people actually showed up, right? I mean, that, that's a great analogy, Rita. That's exactly what's happening. Keep in mind, the, the, the illegal aliens that, that you see, you know, uh, that have overwhelmed the New York system because they're in shelters and, and they're, they're lying in police stations and et cetera, 
Rita, that's just a microcosm of the number of illegal aliens that are there. The majority of illegal aliens are, are, are off the grid. They're living with friends and families. You never hear about that, right? You only see the ones that actually don't have friends or family to stay with, and they're having to go to a shelter. I promise you, the past 35 months, this administration has released millions, probably around 5 million, plus another 1.7 million known gotaways that are in this country. So, so when, when Mayor Adams talks about the, the 30, 40,000 that's overwhelming his system, Rita, that number is probably tenfold of the number of illegal aliens that have actually been shipped to New York City. You just don't see them. Yeah, that is, you're right. So where are they going and where, where do most of them go once they come to the city? I mean, some of them have sponsors, some don't. Um, do we have any idea? We have no idea, right? Where they go, even the ones that are in the system, as I talked about, they seem to lose track of them. Correct. That's right. Because here's how it happens. An illegal alien illegally enters the country, border patrol process them, generally within 48, 72 hours, they release them right on the border. And, and, they're, they, and then they transport them. Then they're transported to an NGO shelter right on the border. And that's where the NGO comes into play. And they're subsidized again from DHS of, by U.S. taxpayer dollars. And then the, the illegal alien will go to the NGO shelter and they, they will ask the illegal alien, where do you want to go? New York City. No problem. Here's your plane ticket. You never hear about that. You only hear about the ones that Governor Abbott is assisting to go to New York City or D.C. or Chicago. You never hear about the millions of illegal aliens that have flowed through the NGO shelters that have been given bus tickets and plane tickets to go to these cities. And, 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 and of course, that's by design, right? That doesn't fit the narrative. And that's why I say it's a big lie. And all these mirrors that are going after Governor Abbott, they're lying to the constituents. They're just blatant, just blatantly lying. And Mark Morgan, I also saw recently uh, that apparently the Biden administration, you know this better than anybody, that apparently they're not sending them to these ICE facilities, these illegal migrants, when they're coming in. And instead, you know, again, like they're putting yep. them in taxpayer hotels or wherever. Uh, but these ICE facilities, which are detention facilities, are pretty much empty. And yet taxpayers are paying for them. Explain why that is happening. Yeah. Uh, I, I assume it's because they don't want them to go through the detention process. They want to hurry up and get them out onto the streets um, because they want them in the country. Uh, as opposed to keeping track of them, you would think for security reasons, it'd be a lot better and cheaper putting them in these detention facilities than housing them in a five-star hotel. Rita, you don't need me. I could have said it better myself, right? Seriously, you can tell I'm venting. I, I, I can't believe it, Mark. It really is astounding. But that's exactly what happens. And that's also an example of how this secretary, Secretary Marcus, is actually intentionally, knowingly, and willfully violating the law. The law is very clear. There are certain illegal aliens that come across that there's a requirement, mandatory detention. Single adult males is one of that. And right now, uh, those coming across the border right now, about 60 to 65 percent are single adult males of military age. Think about that for a minute. We, we talked about 12,000 in a single day. So about 65, 7,000 of those were single adult males of military age, of which this secretary has directed the, the frontline men and women to process and release them in direct defiance of federal law. That's what's happening. And as you said, here's another lie that the secretary, every single time he says, oh, well, we vet them. That's a lie. 
Think about that. 180 different countries. We don't have the capacity to vet anybody. We, have, we, we can't reach out to all these countries. We don't even have diplomatic relations. If we get a Cuban adult, single adult male military age, do you think we're reaching back to Cuba and they're telling us, oh, yeah, you know what? He's a convicted murderer here. You better send it back. No, it's not happened. If we get a single adult man of military age from Lebanon, do you think we're able to reach out to the Lebanese government and ask him, hey, we just want to make sure before we release him that he's not a member of Hezbollah? No, that's not happening. It's impossible. But yet we're still releasing those individuals into the United States. Tell me that that is not the definition of insanity. Yeah, boy, is it ever. Mark Morgan, can you do me a favor? Can you stay with us? We just have a few minutes left in the show. But I would really love to ask you a little bit more also about fentanyl um, and and sort of how it comes through the border and just, again, the devastating impacts on Americans. Uh, Stay with us. We're going to have a lot more with the great Mark Morgan after the break, everybody. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And everybody, we continue here on this Christmas Day Eve. We're talking about something so important, protecting our borders. And we continue now with Mark Morgan, the former acting commissioner of Customs and Border Protection. Mark, how is fentanyl coming across the border? How is it? How to explain the sort of route the Chinese and everybody else in the cartels? And here... Here's if, if there is a single threat right now that's happening on our border, th- this is one that we should all uh, across America, Rita, and I don't care what your political affiliation is. I, I don't care. This is one that we should all get behind. And the fact we're not is, is, is befuddling to me. We know that fentanyl right now and last year killed 112,000 Americans, 112,000. That's more Americans that died from all the terrorist attack in our nation's history, the Afghanistan, Iraq, and Vietnam wars combined. Think about that at a 12-month period. That's equivalent of a fully loaded 747 crashing in the mountainside every day and everybody dying. 9,000 Americans a month are dying. The leading cause of death between 18 to 45-year-olds is fentanyl. And here's what we know is that the precursor chemicals go directly from China to the Mexican cartels, we know exactly where ports they go into. We know exactly where their labs are. And we know exactly the routes along our southern border that they push the fentanyl across, which makes its way to every town, city, and state. It's another reason that we say every state is a border state. So if you think that your inner circle, your little bubble, isn't impacted by what's happening at the border, you're living in a dream world. If Wherever you're living in this country right now, if you've heard about a fentanyl death, Anywhere near your city or anywhere near anybody that you know, you should be screaming to secure our borders because that is where fentanyl is coming from. And how does it happen? Because, again, we've had 8 million total nationwide encounters. There's not a single Border Patrol agent that's on the line a good majority of the time. And the cartels exploit those migrants as the Border Patrol agents are busy. They push the fentanyl right through the open area of the border where there's no border patrol agent. Lita, that's what's happening every single day, all day long. 
How dangerous is it also for our Border Patrol agents right now, Mark, too? I think about, boy, they're dealing with fentanyl. We've heard even these stops where sometimes cops have stopped somebody, and even a a little bit, as we know, of fentanyl is toxic. It's dangerous. Uh, They've got the cartels, which are heavily armed. Uh, There are so many things I think about. And and the most outrageous thing, I am sorry to vent on you on this Christmas Day, Mark, but one of the things I think about, there was this uh, memo that came from DHS Secretary Mayorkas that was telling the border agents, don't misgender people. Make sure you get the right pronoun. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? They're worried about fentanyl. They're worried about all the guns. Uh, They're worried about, as you talked about, the 1.87 million gotaways. There are so many things on their plate. And we have a DHS secretary who astounds me that he's still there, uh, who is talking about using the right pronoun when you address the illegal migrants. Have we gone insane? Yeah, we, we have. We have. And that's why that's why I say, honestly, I think there's a case to be made. The secretary of Mayorkas, he, he should be brought up with criminal charges. Right. Uh, but at a minimum, he should be peace. And I'm hoping uh, that that the chairman of the House Homeland Security, Mark Green, he just released tonight, as a matter of fact, his fifth and final phase of, of a six month inquiry that he's been uh, conducting with respect to Secretary Mayorkas dereliction of duty. And, and, and I read all of those reports and I'm hoping that, that, that Chairman Mark Green, he, he, there's no way that he could do anything other than recommend to start an impeachment.